you ever want to dive deeper into the Bible, but you just don't know where to begin? Or struggle to feel like you even have the time? When you read the Bible, do you get frustrated because you know there's so much more in there? You just have no clue how to get it out? Or maybe you just want to know the Bible better, and you're looking for any resource to help. Then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to the Context and Color of the Bible podcast. We're sisters. I'm Veronica. I'm Erica. And we love to study the Bible, and we love to help others understand it better. When it comes to our own study of Scripture, we have found that in bringing back the context of Scripture, it adds to our understanding. It actually adds to the color of the black and white pages of the text. I slowed down. Did you notice? <laughs> no, I didn't. On one Good of the job. recent podcasts, you said you felt like I was trying to speed my way through it. Oh, I, I did say that. You yeah, did. sorry. It Jonah. No, it's fine. So we're just having yes. fun with the opening. But Erica, we are getting ready to dive into... A new book. A new book. Yeah, that's exciting. It should be fun. We've both... Have you taught this before or just heard your husband teach it? No, he and I taught it together. Okay, I couldn't remember how that... And then I spoke on it once. Okay. So we've kind of teased it the last couple of weeks. Right. We're going to be looking at Esther. Right. And again, I just want to say real quick, it was fun how we decided on this book because I really do think it was God saying... It had to have been. He gave it to us both. Yes, separately. Yes. I was reciting it to myself and thought, oh, this would be fun. And Erica texted me the next day and was like, hey. Right. I don't have it memorized. Yeah. Just okay. one chapter. But Erica was like, hey, what should we do? And I'm like, I'm just going to throw out an idea. What about Esther? And you're like, that's what I was thinking. Right. So right. this is a fun. It's, it's a, another fun book. <laughs> it is. There's not. I don't think there's as much comedy. No, you you don't get as irritated. Right. It's not as big and it is big and over the top, but not as big and over the top, but like Jonah. Right. But what was kind of fun is we're taking stories that people think they know. Right. Really well. And we're coloring it in. Yes. And Esther has some color. Yes, it does. Like Ruth did. Yeah, that's probably a good comparison. Like Ruth in chapter three. Mm -hmm. So as we, it's honestly, we're having fun doing the stories. Right. It's easier to teach. It's easier to add that color in. Right. But hopefully what you've all been learning is that, wow, there is a lot more going on. Right. There's so much more there. Behind the scenes. Right. Because to me, that's the beauty of scripture. Right. It's such a full, deep book. It doesn't matter how many times you study it. You can always see a little bit more. It's amazing. It can hit you in a new way. Yep. Yeah. So with that, Erica did say I have it memorized. Yes. That is true. I do want to throw out. (laughs) I wasn't trying to, but it's honest. I want to encourage you memorize it or memorize part of it right like what do you have memorized just chapter four why'd you pick chapter four because that's the part where you know if i perish i perish okay you've come for such a time as this okay i don't know it was a chapter it was better (laughs) i could have done chapter 10 (laughs) let's be honest that was like three verses that'd be great but with that we want to encourage you even just memorize Esther's kind of little speech right there. Right. And if I perish, I perish. Right. Perish. You know, that whole idea of pick something from this. That you will remind you of the book. Yes. Whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's chapter one, Mm -hmm. the intro. Maybe it's chapter four. Maybe it's a different chapter. I like chapter chapter six when the king can't sleep. There you go. Do (laughs) chapter six. You know, but we're going to encourage you. Grab a verse or two or chapter in the whole book. Memorize Memorize it. it. 
But really what I really want to say is read it every week. Right. As long as this podcast series is going on for Esther, read it each week because the more you read it, right, the more familiar you get with it and you will see some of the repetition. You'll hear some of those reversals come a little bit easier. It will just, your brain will start to click into, here we go again. Here we go again. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot they said this. Mm -hmm. There's this. King headache. Right. So that's our overall challenge. Right. Because I actually, when I teach Bible studies, I like to give challenges. Is that your father likes to give challenges? (laughs) Our father gives challenges when he preaches. Yes. But it just, it helps encourage. Right. You know, you can't fail. Right. But some weeks you'll do better. Some weeks you won't. This is true. But it'll just, we're trying to get you familiar with the story. Right. And reading it over and over again is a great way to do it. Yes. And so the other challenge I did think is, I called it the see God challenge. Because in Jonah, we saw God act in mighty and obvious ways. And in Esther, it's more like you look back and you go, oh, now I see how God was working. And I think sometimes in our own lives, we need to stop and do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're making everyday ordinary decisions not realizing, and then when you look back, you can go, oh, I see how God brought me here. You know, I've had in my own life where it was like, oh, I signed up and I taught for an online ESL company, and I never thought I would have done that. But then that led me to a different platform where I was teaching, which is leading me to a whole new idea of how I can engage teaching the Bible. And so I can look back and go, if I hadn't have made that first step, I would have never gotten here. And so you can look back and you go, I didn't see God in that that decision. I just thought I was doing what I needed to do. Right. But I see how God uses it. Which I think will make more sense as we dive into right. Esther. I think that's more once we get into Esther, you'll understand better where that thought is coming right. from. But we'll start planting that seed now and just go look back how you make ordinary everyday decisions. And you go, but God used it. I didn't think I was making a grand decision in that moment. But I see God taking me down a path. Right. So with that, as we get into the book of Esther, there's some things we always want to keep in mind anytime we study scripture. Do you want to start us off on that air? Um, Yeah. When I was in uh, at uh, getting my master's, one of my professors talked about what is the genre of scripture. And he puts the Bible as a whole. He called it a historical um, theological narrative. Mm -hmm. And then he broke it down, you know, historical. Veronica, what does historical mean? Hopefully history. Right. This is real history. Right. This (laughs) happened. These people lived. This is real story. But it's a narrative. Mm -hmm. So they're picking and choosing what they take when they write. The author isn't telling you everything. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot about Abraham's life we don't know. Mm -hmm. Abraham had other kids besides Isaac and Ishmael, which you find out at the end of his life. Right. He had other sons. Well, who did he have them with? How long was he married to this other woman? What happened to those sons? Mm -hmm. There's a lot about Abraham's life we don't know because he's crafting, the author crafted a story about Abraham mm-hmm. and so picked and choose what he wanted and what he didn't want. So it's a historical narrative, mm-hmm. but it's a historical theological narrative. Mm-hmm. It's ultimately all about God. Mm-hmm. 
And so every time you read any page of the Bible, any book of Mm -hmm. scripture, you have to grab that book and say, what is this book teaching me about God? Mm -hmm. You know, my favorite part of scripture is the Old Testament. (laughs) I have always loved that since I was a little girl because I connect with the stories. But I know a lot of people that prefer the New Testament. And so we tend to sit where we love. Yeah, right. I don't know, Veronica, what, if you even have... Or the part you enjoy and understand more. Yeah, what would you say is yours? I don't know if I've ever heard you... I don't know that. I more just like the stories. So would you... Any story anywhere? Probably. So you're just a story girl. Yeah, I'm just story. Yeah. It makes it more fun. It does. But, so if you... We tend to sit where we like. Mm-hmm. In the stories, in mm-hmm. the letters of Paul, wherever. Mm-hmm. But we all need to learn to view all of scripture right. as teaching us about God. And so that's why you can study Jonah in depth and see this amazing comedy, but it teaches you so much about God. Mm-hmm. Esther, we can dive in and learn something new mm-hmm. about God. Matthew, mm-hmm. Luke, you know, Revelation, the epistles, mm-hmm. Deuteronomy, Leviticus, everything, the the minor prophets. I'd love for us to do some dive into some of the minor prophets, (laughs) you know, what are those teaching us about Mm -hmm. God? Mm -hmm. And I think if we start to look at each book has something to teach us about God, Mm -hmm. I think it'll be easier for us to go, okay, I'm going to study this book, right? I'm going to look at what it means and what it's teaching me about God. Mm -hmm. And then we don't get stuck in one part of scripture. Right, right. And sometimes you go, I don't know, let's take the minor prophets. I don't understand the minor prophets. Right. Well, take something you don't understand. Just go, what's it showing me about God? Right. Just ask that one question. Who he is, what he's doing. Right. Who are his key players in this book? Right. And what is he trying to say to them? Sometimes it's almost overwhelming with some of these that I'm not as familiar with. Right. To know how to start. Grab a good commentary. Yes. Just sit down and read it through and buy one commentary. And sometimes that can be amazing. Eye opening. Mm -hmm. But so with the story of Esther, it's a story. Right. So it's not a history book. No, the Bible is not a history book. And we need to get that out of our, it's not a science textbook. It's not a history book. It is filled with history. It is a historical narrative. Mm -hmm. But again, it's picking and choosing and sometimes exaggerating. Yes. What it's telling us or leaving out what it isn't telling us. You know, like Jacob, when he is traveling to see Laban, Um, Esau's Mm -hmm. angry enough to kill him. Jacob travels and it says he sleeps on a stone Mm -hmm. and he sees he has a vision of God and he names the place Bethel. And that's how it's known throughout scripture, Bethel. But then it says, and this was previously known as Luz. Mm -hmm. Well, the narrator makes you think originally Jacob's in this quiet little place. There's nobody around. He's just a stone by himself. But actually, Luz was a good-sized city at that point. Oh, you're so blowing my mind Exactly, because the narrator doesn't tell you that till the end, so you see it a specific way. Mm -hmm. And then, oh yeah, by the way, this was originally called Luz. Well, Luz was a good city. Hmm. So Jacob probably was near people, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't just him in this wilderness. Wow. And so that's, yeah, that's... (laughs) Understanding the history and the context makes a difference. And so that's what we need to understand the Bible's doing. It's playing with the actual history to tell you real things that happened, Mm -hmm. but it's not a history book. Right. It's a narrative. It's taking real events, real people, but it's playing with it to craft a good story, Mm -hmm. to keep you entertained and involved Mm -hmm. and coming back for more and to teach you something about God. Mm -hmm. 
And so that's what we're going to have with Esther. So Esther is a real person. And scholars think her story happened around 478 B.C. But that doesn't mean you can go to history books and find... She's not in the history books. Queen Esther, Queen Vashti, and King Xerxes in this way and in this setting. Well, you can find Xerxes. Right, but not... And Vashti, potentially. Right. But not this specific story. Right. So, but just to put that in your mind of who else was around that time... There's names we often have in history. Confucius, he lived in 551 to 479 BC, so right before Esther becomes queen. You have Socrates born in 470 BC. And so one thing to keep in mind is often, at least in my mind, I feel like there's the world history timeline and then a biblical timeline. And we need to start meshing those two together. It makes it bigger and it lands the Bible. It places it on ground Mm -hmm. and people in places we know and understand. Yes. Which helps just cement it and go, okay. Yes. This is real. I have a firm foundation. This is real. It happened. Mm -hmm. So with that, as we get into what kind of genre, Erica, would you say is the story of Esther? Well, I saw in the commentary, several different ones. One of them was a burlesque comedy. Okay. Do you want to define that word I for knew. us? <laughs> burlesque. Um, let's see. Its purpose is to entertain. It naturally incorporates mock dignity, exaggerated descriptions, ludicrous coincidences, undeveloped characters, caricatures, universal reversals. Like it's it's creating things for you to mock and mm-hmm. laugh at. It's over the top, over the edge. Mm-hmm. Like that's just ridiculous exaggeration. Yes. But you know it's exaggeration. You're supposed to hate the villain. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to feel sorry for the villain. You're supposed to cheer and be excited when the villain has him come up. And so you've got the good mm-hmm. guy with the beautiful girl and the wise mentor. You know, all these characters are one dimensional and they're supposed to be one dimensional. That's the way the story's written because it's got several levels it's working on. And so one level is this comedic mm-hmm. exaggeration, fun, keeping you ha ha laughing, enjoying the story mm-hmm. to grab you and keep you involved. Mm-hmm. Which kind of happened with Jonah. Yes. We had that comedy because there was some darker layers there. Right. That if I pull you in with comedy, it makes it easier than to turn that mirror around and go, okay, oh, now let's right. go a little deeper. Right. Because then you shoot me in the end <laughs> with chapter four. Yes. Like, Erica, you have issues. Yes. I had one of my commentaries called it a farce. Oh. A comedy designed to provoke the audience to simple, hearty laughter. Which right. you can kind of see because obviously the whole story of Esther is relived every year at Purim. Purim. <laughs> when they get drunk, we'll just throw it out <laughs> yes. there. It's probably known. But it is still celebrated yes. by the Jews today. Oh, it is celebrated. It's yeah, it's a fun celebration. It's a yes. joyous celebration. Yes. Because I actually heard, I can't remember which commentary, but Hitler forbid the Jews from reading Esther in the concentration camps. I said that to my kids when we read through Esther, and then I asked them why. And my 12-year-old piped up and goes, because it would give them hope. That's yes. why. I'm like, yay, <laughs> you got it. I'm so excited. Especially for that child. Yeah, I know. He can be my, sp- I love this boy, but he can be my space <laughs> cadet. But it does. I mean, in the concentration camps, they needed the hope that right. even though you don't see God. He's still there. He's still there. Right. 
but and we'll Hitler find didn't that. want yeah. that. Yes, totally. Everyone knows the end of the story already. Right. <laughs> but that's all right. We can still get caught up in yes. the in the unknown, the funds. Mm-hmm. But what we need to so that's kind of the genre. That's kind of the feel. And Erica brought up to mind a good story I've told before of Kylie when she was probably twelve. She was starting to get books and audiobooks from the library that I no longer had time to read ahead of time and peruse. And I went, you're 12. We will talk about it as you're listening. And so she comes to Brian and I and she's talking about the story. And the girl in the story is being chased by this guy and he's trying to kill her and he's killed her family and he's going to eat them. (laughs) Oh, Brian's looking at me and I'm like, Kylie, Kylie, I would have rather had this conversation Without your dad around? Right. right. Because he's like, what are you letting my daughter read? He did. And it was like, Kai. And I'm, because I'm looking at the child going, I kind of thought I had an idea of what books you got from the library. This doesn't seem to fit what any of the titles and the book covers looked like. And so he kind of starts asking her more questions. And it's it's just getting worse. It is unraveling (laughs) before my eyes. And all of a sudden she goes, Dad, it's a German fairy tale. What's your problem? <laughs> and it was like, oh, oh, I expect people to get chased and eaten and <laughs> murdered in fairy tales. That's the fun of the fairy tale. Of We have weird fairy tales, apparently. Because, yes. I mean, if you listen to especially old fairy tales, they're kind they're, of, whoa, mm-hmm. Disney really made them happy yeah Disney did a lot of changes that and that's all Brian and I both needed to hear and it diffused the situation we both went oh because the genre it fit the genre so you're like oh I expect that in the genre right so when you read at the end of Esther all these people are dying Mm -hmm. it fits the genre Mm -hmm. the over exaggeration the numbers the brutality Mm -hmm. it just fits the genre you're Mm -hmm. not horrified Right. It's part of the story. Mm -hmm. And we will walk you through that in the days and weeks to come. Right. To help you, just to help again, help us all see. Right. Here's how it's fitting. Here's where it's going to play out. It makes sense Mm -hmm. for the story, for the genre. Yeah. Again, did this really happen? Yes. I do believe there really was an Esther and a Mordecai. We Mm -hmm. know there was a Xerxes. Right. And a Vashti. Um, So I think all of this related happened, but again, he's creating an, he's, the author's creating a fun story. Yep. And I think we often forget too, it's okay to laugh with scripture, right? You know, God is a God of joy and created laughter. The, I think it's Psalm 45 talks about, he anointed you with the oil of joy. Mm. And I think we miss that often as believers, especially in reading the Bible, we Mm -hmm. can get, and I can, I am totally guilty of this. I can get so serious and intense in my, my Mm -hmm. Bible. Bible teaching and talking about the scripture and God that sometimes I think we forget he's a God of joy. Right. And he enjoys the laughter and the enjoyment. And I think he enjoys the surprise in mm-hmm. that that moment of well, the reversal that I delighted. think of Jesus telling the parables. Yes. I'm sure there was joy and laughter and a surprise. As he did some reversal. of the, yes. As he did that. Yeah. So it makes sense if Jesus was a good storyteller. Yes. That God would be a good storyteller and know right. how to create Right. The perfect story. Mm-hmm. So with that air, are we? I think so. We can jump in. I, um, we could talk a little bit more about Xerxes. I wasn't ready to go there yet. Oh, OK. Never mind. I was going to say more. Will you tell me? We'll discuss it on air. The idea of where the story of Esther fits in the Bible. God starting. With... Oh, OK. Yeah. So God, we talked about this earlier. Mm-hmm. So chime in if I forget something. Um, 
you know, God creates, God creates a world. Mm -hmm. The world says, we don't want anything to do with you, God. So God chooses a people. Mm -hmm. Abraham makes a covenant with Abraham, redeems them out of Egypt, brings them to the land. They're in this intimate relationship, covenant with God. And part of that intimate relationship is you'll fail. Mm -hmm. Here's how you make things right. Mm -hmm. But if we really fail a lot, there are consequences to sin. Mm -hmm. There are consequences to disobedience. And one of the consequences is exile. That doesn't mean the covenant's over. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean the relationship is done. Just because you discipline your child, maybe harshly, doesn't mean you no longer love them mm -hmm. or that they're no longer your child. It just means this is part of my relationship mm -hmm. as a parent to you. I have to discipline you, mm -hmm. you know, or a boss with a, a worker, an mm -hmm. employee. Sometimes they have to, here's a consequence of the stupid decision you make as my employee. I have mm -hmm. to do something. You're still my employee, but I have to discipline. Right. So God disciplines Israel, mm -hmm. showing they're still his. Mm -hmm. I think it says that in Hebrews, God disciplines those he loves. Yep. And so they go into exile um, by Assyria and then Babylon. Well, the question becomes, is God in exile with his people? Mm -hmm. What happens through that exile? And you get to Ezra and Nehemiah. And they go back to the land. They rebuild a temple. They rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. God sends prophets. And you get definite, um, concrete examples. God is still with his people now that they're through the exile and they're back in the land. Mm -hmm. But as you're reading through Ezra and Nehemiah, you begin to go, oh, but there are still Jews left in exile mm -hmm. that didn't leave Persia, that stayed in Babylon. What about them? Mm -hmm. Is God still with his people even though they're not in the land? Is God still with the people that chose not to return to Israel because they've made a good life for themselves, which God told them to do in Jeremiah. He said, when you go into exile, plant gardens, build houses, settle down. You're going to be there for a long time. <laughs> so they do. And so when the 70 exi year exiles up, not all, most of them want to stay Quite Which a few go back. kind of makes sense. But yeah, they've made a home and a life for themselves. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I know, God, you're with Nehemiah and Ezra and that crew. Because you picked that land, God. Right. That was your promised land. It still is your land. Mm -hmm. And so you're with the people on that land. But but what about the people that stayed? Mm -hmm. Are they in disobedience? Are they no longer yours? Are you still with your people even in exile? Mm -hmm. That's, I think, a question. Yep. As the reader, we're supposed to have as we go into Esther, connecting to the whole storyline mm -hmm. of scripture, is God with his people in exile? Mm -hmm. Good job. That's what I wanted. Is that what you, you want? Okay. <laughs> that was exactly. But because I want to, again, we're trying to lay that foundation. It's one story ultimately. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And where does Esther play into that? And what are the questions that should be going through our right. mind? That's the question that should be. Is God with his people in exile? Right. How is God people with his pe how is God with his people in exile? <laughs> right. You know, so those are the right. things going in because then it just makes you more aware. I know what I'm looking for. Right. Or I know what I'm not seeing. Right. I should be seeing. Right. Maybe God in a huge humongous way and I'm not. Right. So it makes me wonder mm -hmm. where is he? What's going on? Right. So now if you would like to talk about Xerxes, I'm ready for that conversation. Oh, are you? <laughs> okay. I will allow you to speak right. now, Eric. Well, thank you. 
Um, Xerxes the king and Esther. I just think it's interesting to paint him a little bit mm-hmm. in color to understand his maybe a little bit of his motivations for some of this. You know, he was Persian, but the Greeks tell us he was tall and handsome. He was ambitious. Oh. And uh, quite the ruler warrior. They actually paint him a little better. A little bit better than the book of Esther does. Okay. But he is an enemy of the Greeks. He's constantly trying to fight and conquer Greece. Okay. And he fails. And in fact, at one point, he had um, his army build a huge uh, bridge to try to cross this waterway. And the water just floods. The storm comes and destroys his bridge. And he gets so angry, he has his army whip the water because <laughs> obviously it, it destroyed obeying. right and he is the king of the world and so he's kind of that a little out there a little out there yeah a little over the top a little over the top um, but at the beginning of Esther uh, he is trying to get his army to go to Greece Okay. To fight them. So some people have wondered if this party he puts on is kind mm-hmm. of a a PR move. Mm-hmm. Let's show how amazing we are so everybody will support me. So all my generals, all of these wealthy people will come and, yes, we'll fund your army to go fight Greece and conquer and win. Mm-hmm. But the party doesn't go exactly the way he thinks and his battles don't go exactly the way right. he thinks. Because I will just say, if we stick with that, chapter two would be... After the war. After the war. And he comes home. Yes. Bum, bum, bum. Yes. But but that that's our foundation. Yep. <laughs> so next week when we come back, we will get into chapter one. But for now, we just wanted to just set the stage. Get Which hopefully going. we did. Yeah. Some color. Mm-hmm. Some texture. Mm-hmm. But like I say, read the book of Esther. Mm-hmm. You know, or at least read chapter one, right. because what we want is we want is we're walking through this. You to be familiar and starting to see the repetition, the excessiveness, the ridiculousness of some of this. Think of it a movie. That's one thing. Oh, yeah. My husband does a really good job when he's teaching. He talks about the movie camera. If it's mm-hmm. a movie camera, where's the movie camera focused and mm-hmm. where is it not? Right. Especially in chapter one. What are you? It's it's moving you very specifically around the room and showing you things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So and with Erica's background of he's kind of doing a PR for his campaign. Right. Why are they showing you this? Right. What would that let everybody think and know? Right. So thanks for joining us. This is the Context and Color of the Bible podcast. As always, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. Erica has her website. I have a website. And we would love to hear your thoughts and comments. What Maybe what you've already learned about Esther. What's something new you've heard today? Or maybe in the future what you would like us to teach after Esther. We're always open oh, yeah. to suggestions ideas and ideas. Are always <laughs> yes. So thanks for joining us. Bye-bye.